When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Almost Famous, the podcast about fame with me, Barnaby Slater. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, please do subscribe or follow the podcast and leave us a rating and comment in Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. Also, do give us a follow on Instagram at Almost Famous the Podcast and on Twitter at Pod Almost Famous. In Series 5 of the show, I'm bringing you daily episodes called 15 Minutes of Fame, where I read out some of the most honest and controversial stories that celebrities have ever told. In today's episode, former Smiths frontman Morrissey takes aim at bandmates Mike Joyce, Johnny Marr and Andy Rourke as he describes his memories of the infamous 1996 case in the High Court after Joyce had brought legal proceedings against Morrissey and Marr, asking for a 25% share of all the band's profits on all activities other than songwriting and publishing. After a seven-day hearing, the court found in favour of Joyce, ordering that he receive approximately a million pounds in back payments and 25% henceforth. Here are the embittered Morrissey's thoughts on what occurred during that court case. Hope you enjoy it. Johnny, too, was a bad witness, crumbling neatly from the top down. Although he and I were ostensibly on trial together as business partners, we were not actually business partners, and we had not even met once over recent years to discuss the Joyce claim. I got the impression that Johnny's verbal disclosures jumped about willy-nilly, and concluded with his exhausted inclination to accept anything at all in what I assumed was the hope that he might be separated from the one target who did not beg for sympathy. Financially, if Morrissey shouldered the blame, then Ma could be seen as a victim too, and could run off and play. In the tiredness of stale and over-long cross-examinations, Johnny finally caves in and appears suddenly agreeable to any discredit lobbed my way, just as long as he can be let out of that damned witness box. He will, by now, apparently say almost anything at all in order to stay free, and seems willing to push anyone into the water in order to save himself. Collapsed, he attempts to answer a thousand questions about my behaviour, and notably fewer questions about his own behaviour. Divide and rule. If we can squeeze in between Morrissey and Ma, then any cracks in their relationship will beam and glare like incorrectly described flying objects. It is Johnny, not I, who allows this to happen, and over he trots to the other side, having emptied his bucket. The walls hummed with silence, and yesterday is long ago. At the close of each day, we are told that we must not make contact with one another overnight, lest, no doubt, we resolve the issues between ourselves and rob the judiciary of its prey. 
Judge John Weeks, like everyone else, appears to want his day on stage, and somehow the conclusion must be his alone to make, and most certainly not tied up in a friendly fashion by Marr and Joyce and Morrissey in a whopping pub whilst the squeezers and benders of an oh-so-civil courtroom sleep their cognac sleep. Johnny telephones me at my squatty room in the nearby Tower Thistle Hotel, where I sit alone, wondering how Hand in Glove led to this. Oddly, the hotel is inches away from where the very first Smiths album was recorded. Things were different now. Johnny asks me if I would meet his legal team tomorrow evening. And I agree, for it was difficult at this stage to see what the court itself was actually doing for me. Something I say to Johnny makes him laugh loudly and I hear the Johnny that was once an air of adventure, and because this is now such an unusual recollection, I therefore realise how we have moved too far away from one another to ever again have corresponding interests. Yet justice had already fouled by listing Morrissey and Ma as a one and the same unit without any conflicting interests, which was blatantly incorrect to anyone who would want to notice such a thing. As I take to the witness stand, I feel a communal intake of breath as if now is the absolute point of the entire circus. Joyce's legal team suddenly sits upright, having spent the last few days dozing like overfed apes. I am now close enough to weeks to smell the mothballs. I am asked, unfairly in my view, to give my home address, with no apparent understanding, or perhaps with every understanding, of how endangered this places me. It is the first humiliating step in reducing the spirit of the witness. Absurdly, I am asked to swear on the Holy Bible, an action that had not stabilised the evidence of either Joyce or Rourke, but which is trotted out as yet another court procedure aimed to humble and shrink the witness, and to falsely imply that none but the Honourable shall succeed in these rooms. Acting for Joyce, the cross-examining barrister is one Nigel Davis, with a face I could never be cruel enough to describe. His task, for which he has paid money, is to impugn the evidence of the witness. Therefore, whatever I say to Davis by way of reply must be ridiculed by Davis in front of this gathered gaggle. Nigel Davis must only possess patience above wisdom in order to weaken his witness. Throughout my cross-examination, I notice John Weeks repeatedly nodding to Davis. A small nod always seemingly pleased Davis. By return, Davis smiled meekly at the judge. Crucified by his own enormous teeth, Davis is further weighed down by a colony of purple boils decorating the back of his neck. His most irritating quirk is to repeatedly and repeatedly go over old ground in an effort to wear out the witness, or to force the witness to say the wrong thing, or, as had seemed to work with Ma, simply force the witness to agree so that we might all go home and shower this wretchedness off us. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The task for Davis is to make confusion seem like a strength for Joyce, but a weakness for Morrissey, and to persistently convince the witness that anything they might say by way of reply has no value. I had done no harm. I was decisive. Joyce was indecisive. Would the judge not accept one solitary word of my exhaustive evidence? The pounder drummer will become up to three million pounds richer because he said, I just assumed it was 25%. And that's all it took. By just assuming it was 25%, he was now awarded 25%. Having accepted a 10% cut throughout his entire career and beyond, it was only when the Smiths broke up that Joyce decided upon a 25% gamble. After all, what is there to lose when the case is funded for Joyce by other people? Joyce may not thank God, but he has much to thank John Weeks for since it was Weeks who post-mortemed the cobwebbed crates of the 19th century to give meaning to a case that was not won by Joyce himself, but that was made easy for Joyce. Without this anachronous act, the case should have collapsed seconds after Joyce first opened his mouth. In puerile rambling, the hearings had dragged on and on. Like an irritable child on a hot day, Johnny took to the witness box for a second time, his newly primed approach resembling a sea dog with news of a sinking ship. Well, Morrissey's mother and Morrissey's mother, and yes, Morrissey should have sorted it out. And with this, the hounds are now fully snapping at my heels, my mind's eye wandering to late August of 1983 when I inch back the curtains to see my mother and Johnny's mother driving off together in order to get to know one another. I think of my mother helping Johnny on the day he turned up at her house in a terrible state, and now here he was, dragging her into this vile scenario as if it was all she deserved. By now, Ma, Rourke and Joyce have magically transformed into the Beverly sisters, each chanting how that awful Morrissey had destroyed their lives and just when they were all doing so well with their musical careers. It is an inferno of betrayal that I can bear no more and I walk out of the court, the human mess of it all now so overcooked and grotesque as if the subject all along had been discovery of human remains in someone's potting shed and not simply a chubby drummer chanting his arm. What would they say at Salford Lads Club if they caught the stench within these walls? Johnny Marr crying off for being held accountable for his own actions, and all Mancunian camaraderie shafted. 
It was true that Johnny may have run a little wild, but people who were angry with him always forgave him. And here he was in late repentance, folding for Nigel Davis, his head to one side, seemingly imploring credit for at least being friendly. The shapeless weeks brought his eyes to bear on Marr as if to question why Marr had made him wait so long. Johnny tunnelled his way towards Weeks, a child again, wanting anything at all except the disapproval of complete strangers. Now, like Joyce, he too speaks with the voice of a child begging forgiveness, and the hunchbacked Weeks now looks as if he has his catch. It takes courage to make yourself unpopular with your legal bully boys for the sake of mere loyalty, and Johnny did not have that courage. A virtuoso of toing and froing, you might swear that you're in the company of identical triplets as Johnny stands before you. I think of the happy months recording Strange Ways Here We Come, and I think that at least we had those times. Now, in this sunless and seditious high court, I'd endured enough insults from people who had only ever profited from knowing me. Like royalty at the opera, the suffering face of John Weeks increases the web of sorrow as his deferential orderlies and his tide of little helpers are sworn to silence around him. Alone, I left the court's mouldering walls. I left behind its odious gases and I stepped out into new air, leaving the gabbling gargoyles stewing in their pitiful little warren. Barristers soaked in fake humility, Johnny goaded by his little clan, weeks wringing his creased little hangman's hands whilst resembling a pile of untouched sandwiches. Joyce telling the world over and over again how he spent his smith's years in a state of assuming and mishearing and mistaking and presuming, playing the daft as a brush card up and out to the balcony, announcing, It's not about money, and I just assumed, and I just want my money, as if his personal wishes were in themselves law. Although the trial was originally set to run for several more days, the second that I left the courtroom, the trial ended abruptly. Everyone was sent home and the door closed upon all of us. It was as though, without my presence, the taunt was no fun and darker shadows rolled in as Weeks shuffled away to construct his literary masterpiece known as The Final Judgment. A judgment that made the entire Smith's case much worse than it had ever been and also placed me in unimaginable peril as it effectively served as an open invitation to others to take action against me. Morrissey writes like the most eloquent playground bully I've ever heard. Every word is so clearly thought out, yet he then can't help himself but dissolve into personal abuse, body shaming and pathetic name calling. What a strange man. Such a shame as his songwriting, particularly in the early days of the Smiths, was unbelievably brilliant. Let me know your thoughts on Morrissey, the court case and any of these episodes of 15 Minutes of Fame in the Apple Podcast comments section or by posting to our social media, which is Instagram at almostfamousthepodcast and Twitter at podalmostfamous. Please do press that subscribe button and rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts and please check out my other show, It's Your Funeral, a light-hearted look into the most important day of my guests' afterlives and give it a follow on Insta at pod, it's your funeral. Thanks so much for listening and remember there'll be a brand new episode of Almost Famous's 15 Minutes of Fame every weekday morning. Goodbye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.